Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Meal, One Workout. Today on the show, we're going to have Miss Kim Skornavako talking about geocaching. But before we do that, I have to relate a funny story about my son. But before we do that, I have to say hello to my guest hosts, Mark Cockrell and Don Sullivan. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Aaron. Hello. All right. Now that's out of the way, I can go back to my other thing. So my son this morning, that you probably, if you've listened to a few podcasts, you probably either heard him or heard about him, came and climbed in bed with us this morning. And my wife said, Nathaniel, when I put you in bed last night, because our air conditioner is going to be replaced on Friday. Right now, we don't have air conditioning in our house. But luckily, in, it's been unseasonably cool in Atlanta, so it's not bad at all. I'm not sweating. Um, thank you for being concerned. Uh, it's cooler in our master bedroom into the house. So my wife and our bed is currently directly under the ceiling fan because we're in the process of taking the wallpaper off the wall. So we just bought a house. Uh, I mean, how much can I preface for this story that's not going to be that funny once I get to it? Um, so my wife put Nathaniel in the bed. Uh, in our bedroom so that he could be under the ceiling fan and cool and just covered him with a sheet, lightly with a sheet. That's all she covered him with. Because, And if you put him in his bed, not only is the room hotter, but he always rolls up in his Clone Wars um, comforter and just sweats like somebody's poured a bucket of water on him. So she went up last night to go to bed to take him from our bed and put him in his bed. And he had gotten the comforter off the floor and rolled up in it on our bed. So this morning she said, Nathaniel, remember he's five, almost six, why did you cover yourself up with the comforter last night? He said, Mom, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I hate to break it to you, but actually, I always cover up like that because you never know when there might be bugs. <laughs> <laughs> so he has his rationale. He's afraid of the bugs. He's got to cover up. And so literally, he will wrap himself up in a comforter when it's 80 degrees in the house, and it will look like somebody poured a bucket of water on his head, but he's... He's protected from the bugs, and so he's good. Can I tell a quick kid story? Oh, always. My, we're kid-friendly here at One Million Workout. My wife posted this on Facebook, and I got such a kick out of it. My, she walked in the room, and my three-year-old daughter was on one of her uh, toy phones, and she said in the phone, what are you wearing? And she thought, oh, my gosh, where did this come from? And then she turns to mom and says, it's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> I've seen that commercial. That's funny. Oh, that's a good one. Now, Mark, um, and before we, we, I know you've got something else in the warm up here. And Don, I know you've got something in the warm up. I've got something in the warm up. We've got warm up galore. But Don hasn't heard the story um, that you told the other day on the Art of Podcasting. And I laughed so hard at that um, that I think you need to share that with all the one mil one workout listeners in case they don't, don't listen to both shows. It, it's a great story. Don, I think you'll enjoy this. And scene, go. Hit it. Well, the the context of the the conversation was some people are just dumb, and there's nothing you can do about it. And this makes dumb. And this is one of the stories uh, of the dumbest person I've ever known in my life. Um, you don't mean that derogatorily. It's more of a statement of fact. It really is. Uh, and once you hear the story, story you'll understand. Um, at a, a, a factory I used to work at when I was uh, in um, college. Uh, there was a manager there. That, as far as I could tell, his only job was to walk around and tell bad jokes to people because I never saw him do anything else. 
Um, and he one day he told this bad joke, and I'm going to give the, the short version of it. There's a woman whose whose husband was an avid duck hunter. He he dearly and truly and always uh, not duck hunting, deer hunting, loved deer hunting. Uh, and and she had been bothering him for years. Take me deer hunting. I want to be part of this. Uh, you know this part of your life. I want to share this with you. Take me deer hunting. Take me deer hunting, please. Finally, she he agreed. He uh, set her up in in an area where he thought uh, she'd be out of the way. Gave her a gun just because she wouldn't stop nagging him if he didn't and said okay i'm gonna go over here if you run into trouble fire into the air three times and i'll come running so he goes off a a, a mile or so away and is, is up in his his blind and he's uh getting ready and he's just getting settled down and here's bang 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 so he takes off and starts running toward his wife and he as he's running he can you know barely hear over his own panting and just as he gets there he he can see that his this wife his wife and this man are having this heated argument and just as he gets there he hears the guy say fine lady you can have the deer just let me get my saddle off of it <laughs> and that's the appropriate <laughs> response to that joke <laughs> that's a funny joke it's not a ridiculously uh, funny joke but it's a funny joke well the manager told the story and the idiot laughed and laughed like i've never heard anybody laugh ever at a story it was unbelievable he just went on and on and we were all just like wow I mean, it just it wasn't that funny and you know how when you hear a funny joke you you sort of tell the punchline to yourself and and chuckle at it for hours later well a couple of hours later i happened to be standing beside him as we were uh, both picking up parts out of a bin and he chuckled to himself and said, guy riding a deer <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I was saying to myself today. Guy riding a deer. Guy riding a deer. <laughs> oh. oh, I love that story. See, folks, that's the kind of thing you can expect from a one mill workout podcast. You never know what you're going to get, and it and it's always going to be funny and clever. And I think that right there that exemplifies our show. Guy riding a deer. Can we change that name of this podcast from this episode from geocaching to Guy riding a deer? Let's see our tagline for the show. One meal yeah. workout. Guy riding a deer. Yeah, t- Texas mom in the chat room just said ab workout with laughter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, Mark, what do you want to say to the fudge person? Um, somebody uh, left four boxes of handmade decadent fudge in the kitchen where I work. And I posted wow. on Facebook to the person who left the fudge for all of us to enjoy. Thank you. You're evil. <laughs> that's a lot uh, of fudge that's a lot of fudge a lot yeah it was uh oh, there was there was pecan caramel fudge there was peanut butter fudge there was dark chocolate there was uh, uh semi-sweet chocolate there, there was it was mixes and swirls and it was just it was just a, a fudge paradise and i hate you for doing that <laughs> a lot of fudge that's a that's a lot of fudge so don what's up with you man Man, we I'm having a a uh, fitness filled or activity filled week because it's really not not about fitness. It's about going and having a good time. Guy riding been, a deer. Uh, <laughs> guy riding <laughs> a deer, which is kind of what what the show's about today because we're going to talk about geocaching, which some people would consider exercise, but to me it just sounds like a good time. Um, but I was going to mention uh, several things. One, this past weekend I had my first experience with disc golf or oh. frisbee golf or froth uh people call it different things but that was it was a lot of fun uh if you don't know the premise it's like golf but instead of a ball and a club and a hole 
you have a frisbee and a big metal cage that you throw it into from several hundred yards away. Now you do have putters though, right? You have different, it's not a yeah, frisbee you know, like a little plastic frisbee you, you buy at Target. They're discs. They're not frisbees. Frisbees are brand name people. Don't get us in right. trouble. It's not frisbees. They're discs. Right. It's so not you have Kleenex or Jello either. No. Right. Uh, or no. jacuzzis or zippers. Yes. Or Velcro. So you have different size and shape discs. Or Xerox. I love that, or I love that we all have, have at least one. Uh, <laughs> and the sizes and shapes and, and grips and I don't I didn't even understand half of what I was doing uh, whenever we got in some of this stuff. But yeah, so, so like you have really soft ones and smaller for your putter because you, you don't want it to bounce off the pole. There's a pole with a basket and then it has chains coming down from the top of the pole so the disc will hit the chain and then drop in the basket, right? Am I getting that right, Don? Aaron, how'd you come to such an expert on frisbee so do, do, do you oh. hit the disc with a stick no no you, no, you throw, throw the disc per normal okay. frisbee like activity um but you get a you get your driver out and it's a big hard flat disc right don the big ones with the drivers right indeed and you throw that it'll go a long ways it's made to go a long ways but it's not as accurate and if you hit the pole with that it's just going to bounce off but it's hard and then as you get closer you use your mid-range clubs kind of like a wedge and then you get up really close, you use your putter, which is a little bitty soft f- disc that'll hit the chains and just drop in the basket. That's the idea, at least. So that it, you actually end up having a little bag, which is like your bag of clubs, and you have different sizes in it. I've never played. No, I've never actually played the game. But I know a lot about it because I have friends who've played it. <clears throat> and it always sounded more detail fun. than I am, and I'm the one that just played it like four days ago. This is amazing. <laughs> so what are you doing this weekend, Don? Over the long this weekend, weekend? We are going to go... Uh, well, you know, my wife says we're going to go celebrate our five-year anniversary, but we're going to go hike a waterfall. I'm Where sorry. at? In North Georgia, uh, Blairsville, Georgia. I used to go to school uh-huh. in Young Harris, which is five miles down the road. So I right. know for a fact that there are waterfalls there and, uh, there are, there are plenty of them in the area. I just happened to be too fat to actually want to go hike them whenever I went to school there. So I stayed in my dorm room and played Xbox. Helton Creek Falls, Blairsville, Georgia. Could that be them? Uh, that's definitely possible. All right. I know one of them's called Big Blue or Deep Blue or something like that. So I can look cool. that up. Cool. Well, let's take some pictures. Take some pictures that we can post on the One Meal Workout webpage Facebook thing. We shall definitely awesome. do so. All right. Well, those of you that listened to last week's podcast, um, live or online, Know that we had a man named Roger Wright with us. And by the way, I accidentally published that today. Didn't mean to. I picked the wrong date on my thing, but I went and deleted it when I found out. Um, Roger Wright, and he is he has lost 115 pounds uh, in 10 months. And then since then, in the last three years, he's run 15 marathons, lots of them with families and friends. So uh, the word is from him on March 17th, he's going to be in the Atlanta area running the Atlanta Publix Marathon with... Aaron Butler. Aaron has registered for the Atlanta Publix Marathon, has his training schedule on his Google Calendar starting the first week of December, 16 weeks of training, and um, I'm 50% scared and 50% excited. I had a realization last night as I was running my three miles. I, you know, I run normally, I run Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. You know that, right, Don, Mark? That's my normal yes. three miles usually. Indeed. That's kind of my standard. I had gotten up to a little bit higher before I got hurt, and I'm working my way back up, but right now that's kind of what I'm doing. And I thought to myself, as I'm running home, all right, I run three miles, three miles, three times a week. That's nine miles. That means I need to run. I'll have to run for three weeks to run a marathon. <laughs> so on that one day, I'm going to run the equivalent of what I'm running right now in three weeks. 
And actually, I have a printout of the of the course map hanging at my cube in my office. And you know, I, I trace the little. Okay, there's a 5K, and there's a 10K, and there's the rest of the route. Awesome. So I've actually got a couple of people who I got another guy at work that's going to do it with me, and this is exciting, guys. I have a guy, a friend at work, who we could have been brothers two years ago. He looks a lot like me, same build that I was built, built, same kind of gray beard, same hair, very, very similar. And I, I am ninety-eight percent of the way got him on board to do the half marathon that day. Um, I just just told him about what I was doing, and I said, you know, Craig, you could do that with me. He's like, there's no way I could do a marathon in 10 months. I said, maybe not a marathon, but you could do a half marathon. So anyway, he, Memorial Day, his wife's a teacher, Mark. And um, after Memorial Day weekend, so starting Tuesday, he and his wife and his son, who's 14 and, and uh, who, who he wants to be more active uh, also, are starting the Couch Potato to 5K as their first step. Awesome. So Don, I told him I had a friend, Don, who did Couch Potato to 5K and loved it. If you don't know what that is, if you're listening to this podcast, Google Couch Potato to 5K. They'll be about or just seven couch billion. To 5K. Aaron just likes to add potato. Well, it is potato. Couch potato to 5K. You're not turning from a couch to a 5K runner. You're no, you're getting off of the couch and going to run a 5K. Yeah, you're going potato. from this place to that place. You can Google uh, either and find you're, it. You're not becoming a 5K, Aaron. Girls, yeah. girls, you're both pretty. <laughs> <laughs> C to 5K. That's all you had to put in there, actually. Or C P. To 5k if you want couch potato anyway yeah couch to 5k uh so i'm excited and i will let you know if he does that uh does really commit to that and make some progress and i almost guarantee we will have him on the show if he uh, makes that commitment and starts moving forward and aaron i made the promise that if you run a, a marathon i will be there i may not run it with you i probably won't run it with you i don't know that's within my physical capability but i will come to georgia and cheer you on awesome you need to put your vacation in now this is march 17th so saturday morning Spring break. It's morning. already covered. Is it awesome? Uh, and we'll, uh, I'll even take care of your room and board, Mark. If you'll drive here and pay for the gas, I'll feed you while you're here. That's the. You're gonna make me sleep on a board? No. Oh, okay. You, room and board room is the food. Board. Room and board. I'll let you sleep in a room though, and yeah. I'll feed you some board. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> we're coming. It, in the news this week, nothing is happening anywhere in the world. In other words, I didn't get an article for this week. Sometimes oh, the article feels arbitrary. I don't know that I'm even going to continue that segment because I think it's going to be, instead of a segment, it's going to be when I find something that's interesting. I don't think we ought to build fluff into the show. We're anti-fluff here. We're trying to get yes. rid of fluff. I don't know about you guys. I've got fluff that I'm trying to get rid of. Oh, oh, can I tell my super quick success story, Aaron, that I told you before we started? Yes. I have, when, I, when you log into my computer, the little face recognition thing where you look at it and it logs you in, it no longer recognizes my face. It's not that as round awesome. as it used to be. That is fantastic. You know, I have a similar really story cool. where I almost didn't get to get on a plane one time because <laughs> I had shaved my head, shaved my beard down to a goatee, and my driver's license is from when I weighed like 100 pounds more with a full beard and a head of hair. And I was checking on getting on the plane in Wisconsin. I handed the guy my driver's license, and he did the – those of you who can't see me in the stream, I'm looking down and up, down and up, down and up. And what's your destination, sir? <laughs> and you're going for business or pleasure? How many days will you be there? It was kind of funny. That's awesome, Mark. That's fantastic. And yeah, 
I mean, you're, every week is something. You got a new belt. You got to buy I pants. Know. You got your, your your face is falling off your body. And I, it's it's because you you have to look for these. I make a point to look for these little success things uh, because you you have to see them because sometimes the scale doesn't move, and right. and you wish it would, but sometimes it doesn't. But there are other things out there. That's fantastic. That that is super exciting. And also talking about exciting things, I'm excited about our guest today, Kim Kornavaka. Scornavaco, I, I, I butchered it one time. I, I, I tried so hard to get it right. And Kim has an interesting hobby. I think it's interesting to me, and I'm really excited to, to talk about it tonight. Kim uh, is into geocaching. So, Kim, say hi to everybody out there. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Awesome. So, one of the things on this show, Kim, we're always telling people to do is be active, get out there, exercise, move. Don't sit on, a, on the couch all day long. And then people say, I don't like to exercise. I hate to run. I hate to lift weights. And then I, I tell them, well, try something for two weeks. If you don't like it, try something else. Find right. something that you like. And so mm -hmm. I think geocaching might be something that somebody might like to do that would be fun and a way for them to be active. So just tell us a little bit, before we even get into how you got into it and what you currently do, just give us a little bit of a, you know, a high-level view. What is geocaching? Some people probably have never even heard of that, don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, a lot of people probably don't know what it is. Geocaching is an online and real-time game that anybody can play, and it's available for people anywhere in the world. You can play it any place at any time. You can do it during the day, you can do it in the evening, you can even do it at night. Um, the, the basic premise is that you go out and you find something that is hidden, and there are millions of them hidden around the world in every single country on every single continent including Antarctica there are geocaches <laughs> hidden wow so you you go online there's um a website called geocaching.com and it's www.geocaching.com you go on there and Basic membership is free. It doesn't cost you anything, so you can try it out and uh, see if you like it. And it's fun because it gets you outside and you go to all kinds of different places. I really like it for the, the aspect that I like to hike, so it gets me out in the woods and we're out and we're walking. We're, you can do it biking. You can do it so, hiking. So when you say, I'm trying to find things hidden all over the world, Talk to me about the process. Say that you came to Atlanta and to come mm -hmm. visit your new friend, Aaron. And okay. while you were here, you said, hey, Aaron, let's go geocaching this, this weekend. And I said, okay, Kim, then what will we do? What would be our five steps to go do that? Okay, the first thing we would do would be to go to geocaching.com and I would plug in your zip code and it would okay. bring up a list of the closest geocaches in the area. And we All would right. pop up the list and we would take a look at them. Now, people hide them and it could be anything. Now, let me stress that it's nothing of value. The, these are not treasures. It's just a game. And it's oh, a... We like to sit. Yes, it's it's nothing where you're gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go out. And I'm gonna find a, a treasure chest with a million dollars in it. It's not like that. It's um ammo boxes that are filled with trinkets. A lot of people take their kids, so the kids like to find things. So we leave coins or little, you know, B 
bead necklaces or McDonald's items, you know, whatever you want to leave, you can leave in it. So you, you go out, you get the GPS coordinates, and you go and you find where the geocache is, and they're usually hidden pretty good. You can walk past it and not even know it's there. So well, you're looking for it. Yeah, then you find it. And you open it up, and there's a little logbook inside, and you sign your name on it to prove that you were there. And if there's a trinket in there, you can take a trinket. And if you take a trinket, you leave a trinket for somebody else. And then you go home, and you go back to the geocaching site, and you log it officially in on the geocaching site. So the, whoever hit it will know that you found it. Oh, okay. So, for example, if we went and did that uh, here, like I was saying, in the Atlanta area, and we decided to go pick one on a, a, a hiking trail. Does the mm -hmm. geocaching website kind of give you a description of how difficult it is or if it's an urban or rural or if I, uh, you know, is it yes. that all that information is up there on geocaching.com for us? Yes. If you pop up one of the geocaching pages, each geocache has its own geocache page. It gives you the name of the geocache. It gives you a unique number for that geocache. They're all rated by difficulties. They're stars one, two, I think five difficulty, one being the easiest, five being the most difficult. And terrain, again, five stars, easy, difficult. Uh, they could be in a park. They could be in the woods. I've done some in the water. You can swim out to them. You could take wow. a canoe to them. You can ski to them. You can bike to them. <laughs> Uh, then so, so uh, if I may ask, what what makes something more difficult than that? Obviously, there's rain. If you got to climb a mountain to get to it, but what uh -huh. makes something is it how well it's hidden, or what what is it that makes something more difficult than another? Okay, the the difficulty could be it's the way it's hidden. Like some of them might be on a guardrail. You know what a, a silver guardrail is on on the side uh -huh. of a street. Okay, some of them might be a magnetic box that's just hidden somewhere on that guardrail. So that would be pretty easy to do. I've done some that are hidden 50 feet up in a tree where I had to climb up a pine tree and then find it once I was up in the pine tree. So I'm climbing up 50 feet and looking all over the place in this pine tree trying to find a geocache. That would probably be more of a, a difficulty of a five, okay? Right. So you said before you grab your GPS, and so what you're using to, to find these is a handheld GPS unit? Yes. And you know what? You really don't have to use a GPS for all of them. My sister probably found her first hundred of them not even using a GPS because when you go on the individual cache pages, there's a map and you can zoom in on the general area of where the cash is at. So say it's in a parking lot somewhere, like at your local Walmart store, which happens a lot. You can kind of zero in looking on the map picture and figure out where it might be and go and look for it. So you wouldn't necessarily need a GPS for that. But if you're doing one that's, say, a three-mile hike, down a trail in the woods, yeah, you're going to need a GPS for that. Now, do you know, are there smartphone apps for geocaching? Yes, yeah. There's smartphone apps, and I've got an app for my iPod that you can download all the geocaching information. And uh, I'm getting a little back, back thing there. I'm hearing myself. Um, oh. 
Yeah, so you can you, use the smartphones for it, and I think the Androids, and it works really well with the iPad, the iPods too. So whenever you have a, a um, does the smartphone apps actually tell you? Does it actually tell you? Um, could you? I guess my question is, did any of them have the GPS built in? Because my phone has, you know, the ability to do GPS. I use it with my running. Is it? Is there a GPS app for geocaching? Do you know that you could use to maybe? Uh, walk and find a, a, a cache. That'd be really cool. If there isn't, we need to make one, Kim. We'll be rich. <laughs> I don't know about the smartphone because I personally don't have that, and I don't know anybody that does. I think it does. Now, my daughter has an iPhone, and yes, she can download the, the geocaching information on her iPhone and actually use it as a GPS to go find it. There you go. So for all of you, how many, Mark, was it the other day? 500,000 a month uh, Android users that are... Yes, that, that are uh, just registered a new Android device. You no longer ha you don't even have to go buy a um, a GPS handheld GPS anymore. You can just use your smartphone, assuming Correct. that you're somewhere yes. we can get a GPS signal. So that so there you go. Scratch one off of a reason you yeah. can't do it for most people that are out there. Do uh, our yeah. our cell phones uh, do they tend to be accurate enough to do it do it well? My well, my daughter's i iPhone is yes. Yeah. All right. Well, and I'll tell you this. The GPSs are usually really accurate. I just, uh, while we were talking, I typed geocaching.com in, mm -hmm. and up at the top it said log in using Facebook. So I said, sure, I'll let this application I've never looked at before use my Facebook credential to do things on my account. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And over on the right-hand column, for those of you listening, it says go mobile, geocaching for iPhone, geocaching for Android, geocaching for Windows Phone 7. There so you there go. There we go, right there. Right Blackberry off the, users off are just out of luck. <laughs> when aren't they? And then it has challenges for iPhone and challenges for Android too. So let's back up now, Kim. Now that we've we kind of given an idea of what this fun this fun worldwide game called geocaching is, and I'm getting excited. I might go do this this weekend because um, I think my son would love it. I absolutely he love it. He would probably love it. Yeah. And we have a lot of state parks here around where I live that we love to go hike at anyway. And I know there's geocaching maps even that they'll give out at the desk. Um, so I'm thinking this might be something fun to do. But how did you? Kim Skarnavaco, get into uh, geocaching. <laughs> I happened to read an article about it in a magazine a couple of years ago, and I looked it up and I thought it f sounded really interesting, and I couldn't find anybody to go and do it w with me, so I kind of forgot about it. And then in 2009, my nephew brought it up. He was checking into it, and he said, this sounds like it would be kind of fun. And I was like, yeah, I checked into that like two years ago, and nobody would do it with me. So we started doing it, and all of a sudden, my mom and dad are doing it. My mom and dad are in their 70s, and they are doing it. So wow. it's definitely something for all ages. You know, I know a lot of people that have kids, and the kids like it because it gets them outside, and that element of a treasure hunt really kicks in. So if you have kids, I would definitely check it out. I think that they would enjoy it. So anyways, we started doing this. My mom and dad, my sisters do it, my niece and nephew do it, my kids do it. My son probably would not want me blabbing that all over the place. <laughs> Are you telling me geocaching is not cool? <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're a 19 year old guy, I guess not. But <laughs> right, that's funny. Well, that, it's it to me. I don't know. It sounds great to me. I, 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 a, I've always loved the whole idea of finding things, you know, that were hidden, mm -hmm. uh, and and I love hiking and and discovering things as I'm hiking. But the the other thing I like is for me, Mark and and Don know this probably from from our discussions on the show here. 
I like to exercise, um, mm-hmm. and but I like to have some kind of thing I'm doing. For me, like a uh, a uh, treadmill is the hardest thing in the world for me to do because right. I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. Exactly. I'd rather pick up a pile of rocks and move it from one side of the yard and say, I moved it, and then pick it up and move it back and say, I moved it back. You know, oh, and that's why I like to go hike, and that's why I like to go run outside is I can go, I'm getting from point A to point B. Well, this mm-hmm. adds another element of element. doing to it. I'm not only moving from point A to point B, I'm finding something. Well, the nice so. thing about the geocaching is um, a lot of them are geocache series where somebody will go out there and they'll, they'll put out a series of caches that all relate to each other. We, we had done one uh, last year called Out of Sight and it was in a forest preserve and it took us about six and a half hours to do it and we hiked many many miles I don't know maybe six five six eight miles I don't know what it was but it took us six and a half hours to do it and it at each different stage you had to find the cache and once you found it you had to open it up and you had to solve a puzzle that would give you a clue for the next stage so we were out there problem solving and then you would you know rehide the cache and then you'd hike on to the next one where you would solve a new puzzle and we did it with a group of people and it was really fun that sounds fun i'm really looking forward to trying to see what caches might be at some of the local state parks that we already love to hike at oh Um, yeah because that'd be so much fun because my son he's five he's already been in and gave me a hug once tonight by the way he (laughs) he comes in every show and and hugs me and wants to talk on the microphone yeah he he's quite quite a handful he loves now he loves to go and hike but man if i if i could tell him we're almost there and show him on the phone and then help you know have him start looking around i think this is going to be a a a great family uh activity, activity something something we can do yeah I have a friend who has um, a geocaching blog who's got a little boy that's about a little over a year old, and he takes him geocaching, and the the little guy is just so cute, he's actually put up videos of him looking for the geocache and finding it, and he knows how to take the logbook out and hand it to his dad so his dad can sign it, and then he puts it back, and they close it up, and they rehide it, and it's just so cute, but at that young age, he's already under understanding the concept of it That's and cool. really gets excited to go out and do it. Don, did you have a question? Comment? Uh, well, I was, I was going to say that, um, you know, I, I've heard about this, you know, I think like, um, <clears throat> like Kim said years ago and, you know, didn't think a whole lot of it at the time, I guess. Um, I, I may have followed up on it and then there was nothing in my area or whatever. And I saw that we were talking about geocaching and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. But I went to the geocache. I went to geocaching.com just before we got started, and decided to go ahead and plug in my address and just do like ten miles around. You know, I was going to do that thing: do ten miles around. And if there's nothing, do right. twenty miles around. And if there's nothing, do thirty miles around. Well, I did ten miles around. How many is this? How many I bet there's a lot. Within ten miles of my house, and keep in mind that I live in middle of nowhere, Georgia. He does. 40, I've been there. Forty-four geocaches within 10 miles i could ride my bike to 44 of these (laughs) that's awesome that's crazy well i put my zip code in for those out there listening in in electronic radio world and my thing came up with total records 13,631 wow i don't know if that's if that's a lot or not but it seems like that's quite a few (laughs) that well you know what that would keep you busy for a while 
Yeah. Let me just put in well, my zip code. Let me see how many are my whole zip code. It defaults to a hundred mile radius. So if I do a hundred miles, I get five thousand eight hundred and two. Wow. That's, That's pretty awesome. good, especially if you're out in the middle of nowhere. You said we that, have a, right? We have a state park in the area. Um, that may be where um, a bunch of them are. I'm, I'm, I haven't looked at them all, but the ones that were near my house are all like in town. Well, it's you know, funny. and it's amazing how often you'll walk by one and you don't even know it's there. Well, I'm I'm looking at this one. This is really funny, Kim. Uh, I just recently moved about four weeks ago. I lived at the corner. I lived just off the corner of two main roads, uh, two like six lane roads. There's a there's a you know a shopping area at the corner with a Burger King and a Taco Bell and a, and a mm-hmm. Starbucks and a Chick Fil A, and then That's there was hard. a big Target and and, oh, and there was a uh, Crystal Burger, don't forget, and a KFC Taco Bell. And we lived behind. There was one house behind the Target, and then we were the next house, right? So the very first one I clicked on right here, across the street from my house was another little shopping area where they had a gas station and and a, uh, a uh, mechanic shop and a doctor's office. And in between it, I noticed on an aerial map when I was figuring out where I was going to go run one night, there's an old cemetery in there. And guess what? There's a geocache in that cemetery that was 100 yards from my house where I lived for two years. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Literally See, across the street. I'm you, they're all over the place. I'm I'm That's looking at one of these right now. I'm pretty sure I've passed it on my bicycle on my ride to work every day for the past month. <laughs> That's awesome. This is this what? is too funny. Well, see, you should click it up, and the next time you go to work, you should go ten minutes early and stop and do it. I'm it's, thinking about it. I'm, I'm looking at the attributes here, and it says not recommended at night. Well, it's because you're in this old cemetery, and it says stealth required. Does that mean they have to sneak into there? I guess so. Needs maintenance. Takes less than an hour. Kid friendly and parking available because it is. It's an old cemetery, just in the middle of a, a in between behind all these buildings. You don't you don't even actually see the cemetery from the road anymore because it just got built around. So that's really that's really cool. I don't know if anybody's listening out there. Is, is, I think that's as cool as I am, but I think that this is really <laughs> is really interesting. Yeah, I have friends who do this uh, with their kids, and actually, there are a lot of schools who are doing this now, uh, like as a part of a class for their you know mm-hmm. uh, stuff and. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of stuff out there, and and I've got one of my good friends uh, doesn't seek out geocaches; he hides them. That's what he does. That's his weekend fun. He'll go out and hide like eight geocaches that weekend just for fun, uh, wow. and register them. And and yeah, it's a it's a it, it sounds like a lot of fun if you're into that uh, sort of thing. If you're into fun. Right. It, it, yeah. There you go. You in, well, you know, uh, you you it, there's so many different kinds because. Um, you can do puzzle ones where you have to figure things out in order to go find it. I personally don't really like the puzzle ones. I don't do those too often. But are you guys there? Uh huh. We're yeah. listening. Oh, I can't. I thought I stopped hearing you. I thought I lost you. Um, yeah, you could do puzzles. You can do only big ones. You can do only small ones. They've got what's called earth caches. I did one in Iowa where it was in a crystal field. So it took you to a crystal field and you had to climb up this hill to get to the crystal field and we actually found crystals lying on the ground which was really cool because we got to bring them back home with us then. And now what kid would not want to go and find crystals? Right. Well, I have to admit something right now to all three of us that are here on the call and to all the people listening on the live stream and all of our listeners that hear this, the hundreds of people who hear this later. In about 30 minutes, we'll be done with this podcast. I'm going to get in my car and drive three miles to my old house and walk into that cemetery and find this geocache. 
because it's gonna drive me crazy if I don't. I'm reading the, uh, I'm looking at the, um, uh, the comments down there, and it's like, uh, great hiding place. Almost couldn't find it. This is really neat. I, that was really sneaky. I, you know, I mean, oh, now I just gotta go find it. Uh, oh yeah, gotta go get I, I think it's, I think it's important to talk about the, um, the stealth required, Amy, because yeah. uh-huh. looking, um. Uh, well, I can only imagine looking at looking at your notes here in the, on the call notes too. Yeah, t- this makes yeah, perfect about sense muggles. now, but I wouldn't think of it before. If someone sees you grabbing one of these things and pulling a box out and signing a piece in of paper, a cemetery, putting it back, yeah, in <laughs> yeah. a cemetery or at night. or in an oak tree on the side of the road <laughs> in the neighborhood I drive, ride my bike through or whatever, obviously they're going to go check out what you were just doing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and what is a, what is a muggle, Kim? Tell us what a muggle is. Other than okay. something from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I guess that's where they got it from. But a muggle is a non-geocacher. And when you're caching, yes, stealth is required because of exactly what you said. People that see you doing it were, are naturally going to be nosy and, you know, come over and see what it is. And unfortunately, a lot of people will go take the cash and say, you know, what is this? And they'll, they'll throw it out or they'll take it home or, you know, call the cops. Sometimes the cops do get called. There's a lot of cases where people call the cops because they see somebody taking or replacing a box somewhere. And, you know, they're like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And they'll call the cops about, uh, on it. So, um, yeah, you got to be really sneaky when you do it. You got to kind of pull the cash out. And you, you don't want to do it if there's like a crowd of people standing there, you know. So, right. you got to be kind of sneaky about it, which is half the fun. Is I there guess. ever any explanation of what it is? Like, is there a, a one paragraph, this is a geocache. If you find this, please don't remove yes. it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Usually the, on the log sheet, there will be something that says this is an, an official geocache. Please do not remove. Go to geocaching.com if you want to find out more about it. You're, I think you're supposed to put that on the log sheet. Sometimes you can't because the log sheets aren't really big enough. But yeah, you should try to market that it is a geocache because yeah, sometimes they do kind of look like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, tell us, um, tell us a, a, about a couple of your favorite things. I mean, you obviously you said you climbed fifty feet up the top of a tree. You've swam to find some. Uh, you've done a puzzle one. Just got a couple of your favorites that um, come to mind. Yeah, uh, one of my absolute favorites was called Aesop's Villa by the Sea, and I'll give you the GC number. That's the geocache number for it. It's GCGWN two and it's was put together by a, a really nice local cashier that puts out some fabulous caches in our area he's really creative and this is part of I don't remember how many were in this series maybe six of them and it's on an old estate on the north shore of Chicago overlooking Lake Michigan and the estate was turned into like a, a park area so you're up on a bluff looking out over Lake Michigan. So it's just a beautiful spot to begin with. But one of the caches is is hidden by a gazebo. you got to find that. Once you find that, there's a puzzle piece inside there that you have to take with you. Then you hike down the bluff and you go down onto the sand. And there's a breakwater wall. And the breakwater wall is probably 
about two inches thick. It's one of those like corrugated metal break walls that go out into Lake Michigan and it's maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred feet out into the lake. And your second clue is out at the end of that break wall. So you have your choice. You either do a balance beam act across the top of the break wall out to the end or you strip down to your underwear, which is what our group did, and swim out <laughs> to the end of it to get your next clue. And that was really fun. So you, you go wow. around and, and you get all, uh, pick up all your clues, and then once you find them all, you have to put all the puzzle pieces together to read something, and then that sends you on another little hunt somewhere else in, in, on the estate, and then you get more coordinates, and that takes you to where the final piece is hidden. By far one of my favorite geocaches ever. It was just great. Right. We did it with a, a group of cachers that are just a bunch of wonderful friends of mine, and we had a really, really fun day. I mean, that sounds like a, a great time. You take, a, you know, you get a couple of couples and maybe their kids and you bring a picnic lunch and mm -hmm. you go out and you make a party out of it. Oh, yeah. And, we, and, did, uh, uh, we did one last year with my mom and dad and my sister and her husband, and it's called Scary Roads. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We did that one with some friends of ours. And we went out at night with flashlights and we drove around in the back country all over farms, cemeteries, whatever. I don't remember how many stages it was. Maybe seven or eight stages. And you do it in the dark. And we did it <laughs> at night with a full moon. It was kind of wow. creepy, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know, and this is one of those things where you're talking about the muggle idea that it's, it's a game that people obviously enjoy sharing. Um, mm -hmm. Like you're here telling us about it. It's not a secret in the sense that we didn't have to sign some kind of blood oath to be brought into the, the hold <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. But it is, um, it's obviously very popular. If you go to the geocaching website at the bottom, it says recent activity in the last 30 days on Don Mark. Have y'all looked at this yet? Don't say it. Have you looked? I haven't. Okay. In the last 30 days, there have been blank number of new logs submitted. What's your guess, Mark? Last 30 days, how many people have geocached and found something? 12,000. How about 7,440,198? Oh <laughs> and as you're sitting there watching, you can see them tick across of people finding them five minutes ago, five minutes ago, five minutes ago. Oregon, United States, found it. Ohio, Massachusetts, found it. Ontario, Canada, found it. So that's one of those things that whatever number you say, it's too low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it just moves so quickly. Right. Ohio again. Somebody else found another one in Hawaii. Uh, this is this this is really neat. I'm and I'm absolutely serious about going to go look at it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go find my first cache tonight. I hope you do. Email me later and let me know if you found it. I will. I'm a, uh, It's not a big cemetery. I'm gonna I'm gonna look around until I find it. Now I will say it looks like the Android phone uh, app at least is not free. There may be more if I go to the market and dig around, but the one that's on the website itself is not free. But but still. Um, if it, if this turns out to be as much fun as it thinks it is, I'm willing to pay nine ninety nine for unlimited fun. Yeah, <laughs> there is like thirteen fifty to watch the Avengers for two hours. So there are lots there, of free GPS apps out. They may not be the official app, but uh, right, yeah. there are lots of things that'll give you your coordinates. Yeah, there's a. Well, you know, there's if you a have a basic GPS, GPS, a handheld one, you can just plug the coordinates into that and use it. That won't cost you anything then. Yeah. Well, um, I I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this because this is. This is exactly one of those things where uh, people are always saying, like I said, I don't like to exercise. Who uh -huh. doesn't like to have fun? 
interesting. <laughs> right. Uh, it may not, you know, if, if you're if you're really out of shape, it may not be the most fun to go climb a mountain, but you can pick some of those easy ones. And just for me, when I weighed 400 pounds, getting up and going and getting in the car and driving and getting out and walking around and finding a cache and getting back in the car and driving and getting out and walking around, that would be more mm-hmm. exercise than I was getting then. Uh, that'd be a great way to start. So, well, uh, one, can you walk I'm, around a park? Right. Anybody can walk just about anybody can walk around a park and a lot of them are hidden in parks or on the outskirts of parks or there might be a series of them hidden in the park. So you walk along like the outskirts of the park and you pick up two or three. It could take you half an hour, 45 minutes and look at the nice exercise you got. You got an afternoon out walking with your kids, found a couple of geocache. You got exercise and you didn't even notice that. It was an accident. I didn't mean to get exercise, yeah. Mom. I'm sure I promise. <laughs> well, We've um, actually gone along bike trails. My husband and uh, I take our bikes and the GPSs, yeah. and we ride down bike trails and pick them up along the bike trails. That's cool. So yeah, do me uh, one last favor, one last bit of information we have in the notes here that I'd like to hear real quick. Talk mm-hmm. about how geocaching started back in 2000. Okay. In May, on May 2nd of 2000, they flipped the switch controlling selective availability on the satellites. I guess there was like 24 satellites around the world. And when they did that, it opened up the GPS technology. And so people could go online and use the GPS coordinates. So on May 3rd, a guy, I think his name was uh, Dave Ulmer. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but he wanted to test the accuracy of the GPS coordinates and the satellites. So he took a container, which was a big bucket, and he hid it in the woods in Oregon, and he put a bunch of items in it, and he wrote down the GPS coordinates for it. He went back home, and he plugged the GPS coordinates online, and within three days, two people had actually gone out and found that cache. And that's kind of how geocaching was born. That didn't take long. I mean, and that explains why there's 7 million of them doing it every 30 days now. Because <laughs> <it's, laughs> it, is, it is novel and it is fun. Yeah. And it's a, like I said, it's something a lot of people don't know about. But there's something for everybody with it. I like it because it takes me to a lot of historic places. We've gone to, I like to go to forts. I like to go to Civil War sites. I love going to the Civil War sites. And we've gone to a lot of them because geocaches are hidden there. And while you're there, think of the history that your kids can get because you're there. And what are the chances that you would visit these locations if it wasn't for geocaching? Right. Well, that's a good excuse for you to come visit us in Atlanta. We certainly have a, our share of Civil War sites down here. So plenty of parks and yeah. history and everything else. I, I live at right now about two and a half miles from a large uh, national battlefield park, about 3,000 acres. I'm just guessing there's probably a few geocaches at that park. I would think that there's a good shot that there are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim. Well, you know um, what some of our listeners right now may not know that in a couple of weeks, I think it's two weeks. I'd have to go look on the on the list, but I, I think in two weeks we're going to have your son on the show with us. So do a little quick uh, plug, and okay. um, and he is uh, quite the story himself. He's lost I don't know how many pounds now. Uh, 80, quite a few. Eighty five pounds. Eighty five pounds went from being the the stereotypical, and I don't think he'd mind me calling this the stereotypical fat kid, just like mm-hmm. I was. But I, he I waited thirty years to do it. He waited about two. Looks, like, you know, he's he's nineteen <laughs> now. Is that right, Kim? Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. He's 19 and he has gotten himself in shape, uh, started a blog, uh, tonysnutrition.blogspot.com. We're going to talk about that. Kim, you also have a blog, don't you? And it's called Snug Harbor Bay. Yes. Is that correct? Snugharborbay.blogspot. Yes. Okay. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes. Um, and we can see some of Kim's geocaching pictures with her climbing trees and everything else and uh, jump Doing on there. Doing all the crazy stuff we do. It's really, it's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we've got Kim this week and then Tony coming up in a couple of weeks. So here's his story, how he got in shape, how he got motivated and everything. So we are just blessed to have this Cornavaca family be part of the one meal, one workout family. So Kim, thank you very much for being with us. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again and I will email you later when I find that cache. I hope you do. Good luck. Let me know right. for sure. Make sure you take a picture. I will. Okay. Thanks, Kim. Great. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure, guys. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Kim Scornovaco. Or as I like to say, Scornovaco, because it sounds so much more Italian. And you know how great my Italian accent is if you've been listening to the show for a while. Uh, so send us an email. Send us an email. It's a, it's a contest. So... I don't know. I'm I'm actually pretty pumped about this. I'm looking forward to it. I'm thinking that might get me some uh, running routes. You know what I'm thinking? My my oldest daughter, in particular, uh, is very much into trinkets, little things, beads and baubles, and this might be a, a really cool way to sneak some exercise in when she's not paying attention. Because we go to these places <laughs> and she gets a trinket and she leaves a trinket. You know, she'll leave a right. you know a My Little Pony or something, and and I think that could be a lot of fun for her. Not necessarily for me, but for her. Well, I think I don't, there's very few people I think that don't like to find things. Right. And there's always that, there's a, that micro sense of accomplishment of discovery and, and what have you built in. So uh, I think that's, I think that's going to be, be something I'm going to do. I'm pretty sure uh, I will not, however, be stripping down to my underwear in order to complete a task. <laughs> yeah. There's not, you know, um, there's not many of us large geek guys that you want stripping down to their underwear to, uh, to be swimming in public like that, but you never know. We may get to the point, you know what? It might be worth it, Mark, to get that last piece of the puzzle. So, all right. Anyway, uh, Kim, that was great. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. So this week for our uh, healthy recipe, I'm going to go straight back to a previous guest, straight back to Jennifer Swafford. She did such a, she's got some great recipes on her blog. So I'm, I'm really, I'll be absolutely honest because this is a show, this shows about honesty. I'm randomly pulling one off of her list of recipes because it looks good. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. Jennifer says it's good. And it's skinny pumpkin pie latte recipe. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I like pumpkins. I like pies. I like lattes. And I like being skinny. So this has everything about it that I like. So uh, skinny pumpkin pie latte. And it's it looks good. It sounds good. It sounds like it's not too complicated. And uh, I'm going to put the put the thing in there, and I'm going to get my wife, because she's a much better cook than I, uh, to make some of these out and try them out. And it's um, it looks good. I like to get those kind of spicy drinks like from, from uh, Publix. That's the grocery store. Uh, what's that place called? They sell coffee. They're fairly popular. Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. I like to get those kind of drinks from Starbucks, but the problem is, is they're using like 7 million calories. It's like distilled cream, you know, directly from the third udder of the cow, it, all the fat and <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just, they're, they're horrible for you. But this sounds like something that I could, uh, that I could try. So, by the way, Aaron, my, my wife, Texas mom in the chat room, caterer extraordinary, mm -hmm. extraordinary says she has a healthy recipe tip. So well, uh, I'll have her uh, put that in the notes for next week. I would be willing to pay her 
the same amount of money that I pay you, Mark, for doing this podcast. No, nah, she she's worth to, at least double. Uh, okay, I'll I'll triple it. Wow. She'll come up with a healthy recipe every week or every other week. Uh, and anyway, so it's skinny pumpkin pie, skinny pumpkin pie latte. Oh, she can do that, she said. Mark, quick, copy that and paste it into an email and send it to somebody <laughs> that can record it for all posterity. For a notary. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so uh, skinny pumpkin pie latte recipe, we got that and we'll put it in the show notes. I think it's going to be good. And I, I usually don't ever do one that somebody on the show at least hasn't tried, but Jennifer was on the show the other day and she's tried it. So we're counting that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have a recipe you want to recommend um, and you're not in the chat room right now because you're listening to this later, you can email it to me at A-A-R-O-N at sign one meal, one workout.com. That's double A-R-O-N at one meal, one workout.com. Uh, and we would love to put that on there. I'm trying to put them in a, uh, what's the word called? A forum on elementop.com. That's where all our forums are for all our shows. We have multiple shows on this awesome network that Mark and Sean Kybel created. Actually, it's Mark Cockrell and Sean Kybel. I don't want to get confused there. They're not brothers. Um, and we've got shows about technology. We've got shows about podcasting. We've got shows about stupidity. Um, just take your pick. Almost any topic, we have a show for it as long as it's one of the topics that we are covered in a show. And not surprisingly, the one about stupidity is one of the most popular ones. Yeah, it's growing in popularity. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that. Uh, so um, go to elementopi.com, get in the forums, uh, go hit the tip jar, send Mark a tip for all the hard work he puts in, uh, buy some Element Opie swag from the page, um, check out another podcast or two or three or four, and uh, support elementopi.com. And please rate us on iTunes. If you're a yes. listener to the show, you can do us a huge favor by loading up iTunes, uh, finding our uh, One Meal, One Workout in there, and give us a star rating. A review is optional, but a star rating would be awesome. The more with those we get, the more likely we are to move up the rankings in iTunes, and the more likely we are to uh, uh, get other people to notice us. And that's the whole idea. We're all about spreading the One Meal, One Workout love. Yeah, you know the 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 thing is, um, I think we bring uh, from good to great content every week. <laughs> I won't say it's great every week. Sometimes sometimes we have a week that's just good, but it's always at least good, um, up to great, and even some excellent, exemplary, fantastic content. I think we've done some shows that could be life changing. I know we have because I know some people's lives have been changed. So why not, at no cost to you, help us spread that good, great, and excellent content to other people who might need some help that's what we're all about all right so gentlemen do you have anything else before i say my tagline take it away remember before starting any diet or exercise program it's recommended that you consult your healthcare provider <laughs>